If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hey, if you've been following me long enough, then you know that I am the founder of many mastermind groups, including M1. But what does that actually mean for you? Well, it means that there's a group of over 400 people out there that are are high achievers. They're from all over the world, walking different paths, but they're sharing in the principles and the practices of success, holding each other accountable and urging each other through positive peer pressure to take their life and business to greater heights. I'm so proud of the 75 whole life millionaires that I've created, the lives I've transformed, the people I've helped lose weight, quit smoking, stop drinking, and get into the best shape of their life. In fact, I've even helped people meet the love of their life. When you get into a curated group of people that want more out of life, it's so much easier for you to get more out of life. So if you're serious about getting out of your own way and creating a life you're excited about, then get on a call with one of my team members at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and get started today. Welcome to another episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. And today I have Monica Sawyer, who's going to talk to you about how she is living a blissful life. She's an international bestselling author of multiple award-winning books, Choose Bliss, the power and practice of joy and contentment, which are really, you know, important topics, and recently released her brand new book, Real Estate Investing for Women. She's got expert conversations to increase wealth and happiness, the blissful way in that book. She's also the host of the podcast, Real Estate Investing for Women, and her expertise and blissfilled laugh have been featured on stages, including Carnegie Hall, NASDAQ, radio podcasts, and TV stations, including ABC, CBS, Fox, and the CW impacting over 150 million people, which is absolutely amazing. She's also personally invested in real estate for over 20 years and has turned $10,000 into $2 million worth of real estate, working five to 10 hours per month with very little stress. She spends a lot of time with her family, dancing and doing other cool things. You're gonna enjoy this sparkling spirit in this interview. So let's get to my chat with Monica Sawyer. Welcome, Monica. How are you doing? I am so good, Rock. So nice to see you again. Yeah, so listen, let's jump into it. Let's talk and let's uh, let the world know about your wisdom. And um, why don't you take us a little bit back to your backstory so people can get an idea, you know, of where you came from. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of have two backstories. <laughs> um, but let's start with the choose bliss story. So I was born in um, an area where I was the only person that was not white. And so I grew up, you know, I know a lot of people have suffered with bullying, but for me, the bullying really happened because I was very, very different. I looked different, right? So from a very young age, I kind of realized that people weren't going to like me. I was going to be out out there alone. I became kind of this lone warrior, you know? Um, And as I grew older, I really wanted to fit in with people. So I became a people pleaser, which is very normal thing for women. And instead of things getting better, the bullying got worse. 
Um, and then as a teenager, the bullying got even worse. Horrible things that boys do to girls happened. Um, and I kind of realized that I wasn't, I didn't know how to make life better. My journey, the whole time I had been like, I want to figure out a way to be happy. And I couldn't figure out how to be happy. Um, and then when I was right after college, I got in a horrible car accident and I became a cripple. I had been a dancer, uh, like a world-class dancer. Like that was my life. Wow. And I became a cripple and I literally was in a chair. I couldn't walk for two years. And at that point I fell into a really huge depression. And I thought, you know, it's not getting better. I couldn't figure out how to get it to be better. And I fell into this huge depression. And I remember one, one morning, I had been in bed for about a week crying with like the covers over my head, you know? And um, I heard my mom's voice in my head. And she says, Monica, go outside and take a walk. Get some air. You'll feel better. <laughs> so I swung my legs um, over, you know, over the side of the bed, pull, you know, pulled the covers down, went to get up and fell to the ground because my legs were still so weak they couldn't hold me. And in that moment, I just sat there up against the bed and I just prayed. And I said, God, this can't keep going. Either have mercy on me and bring me home or teach me how to live. Mm. And about, a, about an hour later, a girlfriend of mine called who I hadn't heard from for years. She was like, I always tell her she was the gift from God in that moment. She turned me on to a coach and my coach reminded me that as babies, we're born as these little bundles of bliss, right? We're like joyful and excited to learn and we're alive, right? And there's so much to see and so much to learn. And somehow through life, we learn about fear and what we can't do and about limits. And he and I together began my journey to this limitless life that I wanted so much. And so that's kind of how I became a bliss coach. He hired me on. I became a coach for executives. And one of the things that I found with executives was the biggest reason why their lives weren't working or their businesses weren't working is they had lost that joy. You know, they had lost their passion and their motivation. Um, and so I then became what I now call a bliss coach and started to teach people the strategies I myself used to become more blissful and create a successful life. So that's kind of my, my journey. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great backstory. It makes me want to ask this question is, do a lot of people end up doing things that they think they can do versus what they really would love to or what lights them up, you know, just trying to survive and trying to get by and, and, and they don't really choose their path. The path kind of just falls, they fall into it. I think so. I think that's actually um, a pandemic. <laughs> I should use that word. <laughs> but I do think it's a problem, right? Because people are told who they should be. This was true for me too, right? You're told who you should be. There's all these expectations. You have this pie in the sky dream and you think you know what it looks like, but you don't look at yourself first. And so a lot of times the very first thing that I would work with people on, and you can see this in my book, Choose Bliss, is the first chapter. You know, when you build a business, if you're building it on what should be, then you're not building it on the truth of who you are. If you don't know what your core values are, if you don't know what your big why is, if you're not building a business based on those things, you're building your business on anything else, it's not going to be sustainable 
it might be sustainable, but it's not going to be sustainable in a joyful way. You're yeah. not going to be able to stay motivated and excited to continue with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So, you know, this whole thing about your why and having a personal, a, a purposeful career, how, do you help people get clear on that? Because I think a lot of people are like, you know, my first job, I worked at McDonald's because my sister was dating a guy at McDonald's. And, mm -hmm. and then I got a job at a restaurant because my, my, my mother's husband's son ran a restaurant. Like, I didn't really choose things. I, I, I got things that were available and then I ran a restaurant for a year and a half. Not my choice. I liked it. But so how do you help people really have a purposeful career? Do you do that? Yeah. So, um, so I talk about real estate, right? So I usually will help people guide them. I always say there's a million ways to make a million dollars in real estate, right? There's so many cool things that you can do, but not every cool thing is right for you. And so what I love that you said is that I started working at McDonald's and then I started running a restaurant, you know, like sometimes we have to go through those paths. We have to get out there and start experimenting to see what we like and what we don't like to get some job experience to, to sort of get out there and feel what the world feels like when we're working while we're doing that. If you're looking to build a business or build a future, then you start really digging deep. What are my real values? What are my resources? What is it that I really want? So yes, anytime I have someone who comes to me for coaching, that's the very first thing we do. Like we're talking about real estate, but before we talk about any strategy, any need for money, any need for partners, anything, first find out who you are. And then we can pick a strategy, partners, financing, all of that stuff based on that and a business plan that's going to work for you and be sustainable rather than some cool idea that the guy at McDonald's told you about. Like, <laughs> 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 right? Like, really? You just watch HGTV and you got a good idea. Like, certainly everybody does. I don't mean to be demeaning, but like, seriously, right? You should make these decisions based on who you are. <laughs> So I, I talk a lot about, about real estate and passive income vehicles because I really believe that if you can get enough of those going like you have, you don't have to work. That's right. And when you don't have to work, maybe you have the time to find your bliss. You have the time to find the things that are going to be purposeful. So mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about how you were successful in real estate and how you help other people do that. Yes. Okay. But first of all, I just want to clarify one thing. Bliss is an inside job and you can have bliss whether you're working at McDonald's or you're working your perfect dream life and you don't have to work anymore. Bliss is an inside job. So I want to just qualify how I, how I define that. Bliss is a deep sense of joy and contentment and the confidence that you can handle anything that comes your way. So it's like deep, um, emotional mastery and emotional resilience. And that's something you want to start building, like no matter what, because you know what the thing is, when you get rich, you're just going to be an amplified version of yourself, mm -hmm. right? So if you're rich and grumpy, you're going to be a really grumpy person. <laughs> if you're rich and blissful, you'll do so much better in the world for your life and for your people. You know, your family, so, start, right? so start there. What are some of the practices to be genuinely joyful and blissful and to have the confidence that you can actually handle things. Cause I teach a similar version of that. And I say confidence for most people comes from competence. Mm -hmm. If I ask you to tie your shoe, you can tie your shoe, you feel confident. But I really believe that the, the highest level of confidence comes from believing you can find the way or figure it out. 
That's right. Because then you don't need to know and you can like a little bit what you're saying. So mm -hmm. how do people, how do you help people develop that confidence that they can be joyful and blissful all the time in spite of what's going on? Right. Um, so I have a book that has like a ton of stuff. So it's called Choose Bliss. <laughs> but let me just give you a really simple strategy that builds confidence really, really fast. And I know everybody's heard about this. Drum roll. It's a gratitude practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But what I like to tell people is that it's, you know, any kind of gratitude practice is good, right? Gratitude is good. But you want to make sure that you do a gratitude practice that really resonates with you, right? So you want to make sure that you really feel into the emotion of gratitude and that when you do your gratitudes in the morning and at night, and I do it during the middle of the day, I've got little alarms on my phone, right? So I have little alarms that say, I am so grateful for, and then I say something, right? You want to make sure that you really feel it. You're not just saying, oh, thank you for my blue walls and thank you. <laughs> Right? You want to really, really feel it. The other thing is that doing gratitude practices can actually cause harm. And I know not very many people talk about this, but if you're really grateful for all your stuff, you're, and hopefully you are grateful for your stuff, but if you make your gratitude dependent on your stuff, you're again make, putting yourself at the mercy of something that's external for you. So you want to make sure that in that practice, you're really taking a look at the things that you can feel good about that's not dependent on how much money you make, right? How many people you know, who you're dating, Great right? Partner. That's right, right. You want to make sure that you're grateful for. So I always tell people, it's great to have gratitude for all your stuff. I love being wealthy and I love, I'm so grateful for all that I can have, right? I'm also grateful that I'm able to stay blissful. I'm also grateful that I've got beautiful relationships and I trust that I can keep them, right? So make sure that some of that gratitude practice is, all, is about you. And that's the hardest part to do. But that's the piece where you start really building confidence and trust in yourself that no matter what's going out there in, in the world, you can see the beauty in it and that will give you the strength to be blissful, to be resourceful, to move forward in a positive way. I love that distinction because it is really a lot of, a lot of people do those practices and they're like, you know, I'm so glad for my bed and for this and for that. And that makes you even think, and after that you might fear losing it. Even That's at some right. level, right? It turns around somehow. Right. So you want to make sure, and you know, you can really feel into that, you know, um, like I just said, I love being wealthy. Well, if I were to lose it, could I build it again? I believe I could. Right, but you just want to make sure that when you're doing these things, are not there's not some weird byproduct that's happening inside of you. It takes a little bit of awareness, right, mm -hmm. to know that stuff. Beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about real estate because there's a million ways to make a million dollars in real estate, and <laughs> a lot of people, surprisingly, even in the day of Google, still haven't figured that out. Right? So what are some of the paths you've taken? How do you, how do you help people? I just want to tell anybody who's listening that real estate is the most um, intuitive business in the entire world. Since the beginning of the time, the, of time, the kings and the lords had land and the peasants wanted it. People fought for it, right? Everybody has wanted land since the beginning of time. It's like the biggest asset, right? We all need places to live. 
So if you are alive and you need a place to live, <laughs> own that place, right? That's the place to start. Own that place. Don't pay rent. And that's kind of how I started. My husband and I got married. We got $10,000 in wedding gifts and we bought a house. We put 5% down. We bought a house. We let that house appreciate. We got an equity line. We bought another house and we rented that one out. And we did that until I had a house big enough that I could get a big enough equity line that I could buy 10 houses, you know, <laughs> right? So I just followed a really intuitive path. And I, I think people, there's so many cool things that we hear about real estate and real estate can be really, really cool. But don't get overwhelmed by, I need to know so much in order to even get started. Buy your house. That's it. It's the easiest thing to get into. It's the cheapest thing to get into. It's a government write-off, right? There's so many benefits to that and it will get you started. But then the other thing is don't stop there. Buy that place and then leverage it. This is the biggest thing about real estate is leverage. It's the only, only asset in the world that you can have 100% benefit of the asset, 100% benefit of its appreciation, but you only put 20% down and 80% of the risk is taken by the bank. And you get a write-off, mm -hmm. right? So that's how I tell people to get started. Now, there's a lot more cool, complicated strategies that we can talk about, but the, the single most important thing is start where you live. It's money you're going to spend anyways. You might as well be making money on it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's simple and it's doable. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki would argue with you on the buy your own property. Yes. But, um, it really depends on where people are at and what they're doing and that kind of thing. What do you um, believe about what's going on with COVID right now and the different asset classes? And I don't know, do you, do you go across different asset classes? Do you own commercial or student housing or um, mobile parks or multifamily or are you just a single family person? What is- what, I'm a single family person. So I started with smaller homes and then I consolidated and now I just have executive homes. So I'm in a way um, kind of recession- Proof-ish. Proof. Yeah, proof-ish, right? I hate to use proof, right? Because there can be things that go wrong, but yes. Um, so I don't feel a lot of this recession stuff. I don't feel the movement in the market. I have invested in storage because I think that's another one that's um, in uh, recession-proof. Again, there's so many different asset classes. I could spend a lot of time learning. I'm all about letting my business run its own itself. I work like five to 10 hours a month on this business. I call it my like multi-million dollar side hustle, right? <laughs> so I don't spend a lot of time on it. Um, and so, yes, I've been curious about all these other um, asset classes, but haven't really been interested enough to do a lot of research. Like I said, storage units made sense to me, so I did that. I'm starting to do some investment in some apartments out of state with some partners. I'm starting to do that. Right now I'm starting to do construction. I'm building a condominium complex in Los Altos. So I'm doing some different stuff. But you know, I'm 20 years in too, right? right. Like for me, I, I started very, very simple with single family homes. Why? Because everybody needs a home. Right. It's a proven class. It's not the most, it's not the most like, you know, the biggest moneymaker or whatever necessarily, but it's intuitive. Everybody needs it. They appreciate it. It's proven, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, and simple or complicated is the enemy of done. So if it's something that you know you can do, not everybody can own a 40-unit apartment building and deal with you know the management or change of a air conditioning system that costs seventy thousand dollars. That can be a bit overwhelming for some people. Exactly. So, so I, I like it a lot. Now, do you actually um, do you actually? I think you you like to teach women when it comes to that, correct? I do. So tell me a little bit why you chose to specifically teach women. When I was 16, I was a foreign exchange student in India. And one of the things that struck me as an American woman or a girl at the time was how badly the women were treated there. And living there, I wanted, I wanted to do something, anything to change that. That was not going to be my life. And I could not stand that women were being treated that way. So I realized pretty early on through my own study that education is the single most important thing for to help raise the level of anybody, right? So I started donating when I was 16. I was donating like $5 a month to a school in India. But that's how my journey began, where I really, really wanted to elevate and uplift women and help them to find their power. A lot of our power, and I, I hope this doesn't come across wrong, but a lot of our power rests in our wealth. You know, being, being financially able to take care of yourself gives you a lot of power. Then you don't have to marry the wrong guy. You don't have to stay with a guy that abuses you. You know, you have a lot more power and independence. And so that's why I focus so much on empowering women financially. I love it. You know, I, I say that money doesn't make you happy, but the lack of money can make your life more stressful. Absolutely. And it's harder to contribute to people if... If you want to help people, you can give your time, you go to a soup kitchen, you can listen to people, you can empathize with them. But when you have money, you can build them a school, you can, <laughs> you know, you can build them a, wall, a well and listen to them and spend time with them. That's so I think right. that it's an excuse for people to say, you know, I, it's in North America and with, with the internet today, I think it's people's responsibility to become successful and to become wealthy and then to be able to distribute that to other people. There's not a lot of advantage to one human owning a billion dollars of real estate. What if you had a million people owned a million dollars worth of real estate and each one of those people had a farther reach and had more time to spend with their children and be a better parent? I'm on that mission. I think you're on the same one, right? Absolutely. That sort of ripple effect, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so how, how do you reach out to people? What is your way of saying, hey, listen to this. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, here's a good idea. <laughs> well, first of all, you know, because you've been on my show. <laughs> so I have a show called Real Estate Investing for Women, which Rock was on. It was an amazing episode. It's actually one of the most listened to episodes, Rock. Just oh, wow. So you know. Yes, fantastic. But yeah, so it's Real Estate Investing for Women. You can find it on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. You can also go to blissfulinvestor.com. And I do have some home study coursework. Now, I will just say this. I only work five to 10 hours a month. I really, really only work... <laughs> So I don't do a lot of courses or coaching anymore. I offer that in sort of this evergreen coursework and every once in a while I'll do a summit. So that, but you can find out about everything that I'm doing at blissfulinvestor.com and then listen in to all the great ideas of my guests like Rock at Real Estate Investing for Women. So what do you spend <laughs> your time doing if you're not, if you're, if you're working five to 10 hours a month? Um, okay, so <laughs> um, I dance a lot. I travel a lot, right? During COVID, I can't do that. 
But, and then the other thing is I get bored. And so I start projects like, oh, I think I'm going to go build a building. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, just kind of, it's really interesting to live. And I do a lot of charity work. I will say that, right? It's a little different now with COVID for the last six months. My schedule has been completely off. But a lot of charity work um, and that sort of thing. So a lot of time with my family. My parents are aging, so that's a high priority, you know. So your family, do they, do they tap into the same sort of spirit that you have around joyful bliss? And, and have they learned from you or do you all do rituals together? Tell us a little bit about that. We do, yeah. Actually, my mom, I feel like I'm um, 2.0 of my mom. She's this incredibly vivacious, joyful person. She only sees the very best of the world. Um, so I think I got a lot of who I am from my mom. Now, I will say this. They both came to the country with $200 in their pocket as immigrants. So they believed in really hard work and paying your dues, and they got treated really badly, right? My dad started in real estate and had all these issues with tenants and stuff, the stuff that we normally hear. So they are very happy people, and I got that from them. But they also had this idea that it had to be hard. And so as 2.0... <laughs> I decided it didn't have to be hard. <laughs> and so I took what I learned from them and I've created my own path. And then, yes, it has circled back. So now we do a lot of this stuff together, a lot of rituals and stuff like that together. But I will say this, ever since I was born, my dad would hold me in his lap as we would pray at night. Mm. So that one ritual of, of keeping our faith and being together and, as family started you know, before I could even remember. That's beautiful. You know, as, as I do my shows and I get to interview people, uh, it becomes, we, and we all know this, is that your childhood affects the rest of your life. But it's profound at how subtle it is. One activity like being held in, in the lap of a parent and ritualizing that um, can have a profound effect. Or one event at 10 years old, I was just interviewing somebody who said he watched a man beat a dog oh. for no reason, he felt. And it had a profound effect on him for the rest of his life about treating everybody with kindness. So I say that because if you're listening to this, there's probably something in your childhood that is profoundly joyful and blissful that, that you can you know, replicate and ritualize and there may also be some events in your life that, you know, you may be looking at life through that lens when you don't need to. You could reframe that and choose a different meaning. So maybe just have a little bit of uh, insight to that. Does that make sense to you? Have you had that experience as well? Absolutely. You know, the, it, it's so interesting. That just breaks my heart with the whole dog thing because I'm a dog person. And, you know, if you really look at that, like, I love what your guest said, because he, 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 the way that he framed that is, I have to be kind to everybody. Like, I can't be that person. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that would have taken that as, oh, I can just beat a dog. Like, when I'm frustrated, I can just I, do this thing, right? So this whole thing about reframing, it's everything, you know, and understand yes. that there is no truth. There is just a story that you make up in your head about any right. particular given event. Yeah. I can tell you a story really quickly. My husband and I were in Iceland and it was freezing and sunny. And when we came back, everybody was like, how was the weather in Iceland? I was like, oh my God, it was horrible. And my husband almost simultaneously was like, oh, it was amazing. And people were like, 
did you go to the same place? <laughs> it's all in the perspective that we give it, right? And so anything that you're looking at, if you start to feel like you're making up a story that's not making you joyful, because you know what? You have control over that, right? It's a choice. Reframe that story. Yeah. You know, we hear these things, but it, it glosses over. Perception is reality, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nothing has meaning, but the meaning you give it, you know, everything in life is a story you make up. But in order for people to really get that, I think they, they need to make it a practice, like your gratitude practice you talked Absolutely. about before, and then catch themselves, you know, saying that it's freezing cold or COVID is terrible and I don't get to travel anymore. Instead of, I, I did a practice um, on a couple of, um, I mean, I, I guess on some podcasts and trainings and stuff. And I said, listen, let's all do a practice of saying everything that really annoyed us about COVID because let's face it, there's things that, that are, can be annoying. Yes. And you need to, I think you need to own that and let that go. We have a human emotions of sadness and anger for a reason, not to deny them, but to process through them. So let's get those out of the way and have fun with it. Right. Like yeah. the one thing that I tease is like, if you're driving around in your car on your own and you're wearing a mask, what are you doing, right? <laughs> You're suffocating yourself. <laughs> like, like you're maybe work on your self-awareness. I know I mean, you forgot that you still have it on, but there's an opportunity there, right? Um, and you and, know, I, I just want to interject something really, really yeah. quickly. Bliss does not mean that you're happy all the time and you're like running around like with your, your, hands, your head in the clouds. Bliss is emotional resilience and emotions are there to teach you. We have a yes. right to them, yes. right? Yes. Feel them, honor yes. them, but yes. don't live in those negative yes. emotions. That's not where right. you want to live, right? I like so I that. love right. what you're talking about. Right. And then on the other side, once we finish all that, and then they share and they get it out and they laugh about it. And it kind of, it, the energy gets like dissipated because you've actually shined a light on it and gone, you know what? That is kind of funny. And then we make a list of the top 10 things. Thank God for COVID. Right. And people start going, oh my God, I actually spent more time with my kids. I, I planted flowers in my backyard. I, I, I went more for more walks. I'm working outside. I do yoga classes outside. And, and then they start to change their perspective to, to bring the point home. And so I think that that's an, an exercise and a ritual and an opportunity and once you get there, I'm sure and convinced that it will raise the level of your blissfulness because you get to choose. You really, it's like a buffet, right? Would I, would I like to be um, really annoyed with this or would I like to be grateful? Would I like to appreciate the cold or the sun, right? And that's really what it comes down to. It really is true. It is. I actually have a really quick practice to help people to do that. Do you want me to share it with you? Yes. It's called Stop, Drop, and Breathe. <laughs> okay. okay, so let's say there's something that's no rolling really, in there. No rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would ask that. <laughs> so this is the thing. Okay, something happens. You know, you there's a lot of fires here in California. And so we can't walk outside. So I wake up in the morning, I check the AQI, it's 174. I can't go for a walk. So I'm irritated. I can't go for a walk again. Right now there's a story in my head, right? So this is what you do. Stop. So I say to myself, Monica, just stop that story. Drop into my body and into my heart. Take a few deep breaths. 
Push that breath into the ground so I'm grounded. And now take a look at what I want to do with my day. And I get a completely different perspective, right? I'm going to make a really nice breakfast at home now because I can't go for a walk. So I got this hour extra time. What am I going to do? French toast, right? Like, <laughs> right? Just, you, you get a, if you're able to stop it, move into your body into a place of love and compassion, your perspective on everything will change. You know what's so funny is that that's so simple that some people might go, ah, right? Right. People want right. complex. They want this crazy, fancy thing that they have to do. But the reality is, I think Tony Robbins says, is all you need is within you now, right? It's all there. It's all available. You just have to find those little practices. Set the alarm seven times a day where you can do your gratitude or whatever. You know, or stop. Did you say stop, drop, and breathe? Stop, drop, and breathe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I've heard that before. Do you actually yes. do it? Yes. And if you tried it once and it didn't work, did you try it again? Because you know what? These are, it's like building bliss muscles. It takes a little bit of time. Work out a little, you know? Like give yourself the benefit of trying it a few times, like for a week, for a month would be better. Don't just try it once and say, oh, that didn't work. Or, oh, I've heard that before. That's nothing new try it, do it. Like, it's not going to help you unless you're doing it, you know? You know what? It's a lot easier to be blissful when things are fun. You really sure. see who, what you're made of at a time like this, right? Yes, yes. And you did to develop those skills even better. All right. Favorite quote, favorite book to end us off. Can I give you my quote that I want everybody to just hear? Sure. Bliss is your birthright. Choose to live your bliss every single day. Beautiful. So on that note, we're going to have um, all of your social media and your podcast in the notes so that people can find you and follow you and, uh, you know, and learn how to be more blissful and more free and develop their real estate portfolio so that they can have even more time for them than they maybe have and do it the simple way. Cause you make it sound so easy, which is what I love. A lot of people, it's real estate, you know, it's like careful, but you're like, Hey, you know what? Just buy your own place and, um, and make it happen. So God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Monica. I really appreciate it and continue to spread your love and light. You're gorgeous. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Rack. This is great. <laughs> Thanks. And we'll see you on the next episode of rock your money, rock your life. Thanks for tuning in today. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.